So the first time I ever saw DeAndre Aiden, the first thing I thought was, he's a tall center who wears number 13. He bullies smaller players. And if you squint, he kind of looks like Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> but that's where the comparisons end. Yeah. Uh, there's not much else similar after that. But I don't know. He is number 13. I mean, both Wilt and DeAndre Aiden, good at defense. <laughs> I'm not a good at offense. Yeah, well, that's, that's something. But definitely not something that's true i don't know about deandre aiden because he's been the number one pick for a while like the suns the the suns are basically like paid by the state of arizona but the the whole conglomerate is controlling basketball in arizona so it makes sense that he would be going from arizona to the suns but at the same time i've never been a big fan of him at number one you know who else is paid by the state of arizona deandre aiden (laughs) makes me think that he would go to the Suns is that he's playing in their backyard and that they have no one in their front court and unless you count Tyson Chandler uh, but I don't really and I don't even think he'll be there after this year but I mean the thing is with Tyson Chandler is they can't I don't know how much how many years he has on this contract left but they just kind of paid him to that and that was it the thing is with DeAndre Ayton is like I don't really know if it's the number like the correct pick but I feel like the Suns are kind of drafting for need which is interesting when you have the number one pick because you can literally draft anyone you want. But um, at the same time, I don't hate it because he's like, he has a seven, he's seven foot. He has um, a seven five wingspan. He's 243 pounds. He has a huge frame. Like, it makes sense, but he just doesn't really, like when I see DeAndre Eaton, when I see him play, he just, does, like there's something about him that he just hasn't put it all together. He's kind of lazy on defense. He was playing, the thing to remember about that is he was playing the four um, next to a bigger center. So you're, those, when he gets to the NBA, those um, responsibilities are going to change for him. But it, I just, I don't know. I feel like I should be more sold in, on the number one pick. Well, you said he, they're drafted for need, which usually I don't like, especially at the number one. But it's definitely not a reach in any way. Just like if you look at his numbers, it, it's not a reach by any, like they're, they're not reaching at all. But he's just, like you said, he's, he's not putting it all together. He doesn't seem as dominating as, as other people say he is. Or um, as, I don't think he could be as useful for the team as Luka uh, Doncic. Don't. Luka Doncic. <laughs> okay, I've been saying Luka Doncic for the longest time. but Well, you're wrong. Mr. Pronunciation. <laughs> it's uh, important. <laughs> yeah, but no, I don't know. He, he doesn't seem like the fit for me. But at the same time, I don't think they can really go wrong with either of those two. I know you want to transition to Doncic, but I'm not done talking about Aiden. I, I don't, cause the thing is, he's like he has all the tools. Like I've been hearing people say he could literally be like a top ten NBA player, and he, he has all the tools. That's like so important to talk about. Like he has quick feet. He's seven foot. He has a seven five wingspan. But yeah, I, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. But here, yeah. let's move on to Doncic now. How do you say his name again? Doncic. 
That's bad. Like <laughs> it's that probably one. as much as you can bar- as much as you can butcher it. I don't like that one bit. <laughs> but I don't know. I love him. Uh, I I think he should be number one. Um, some people are saying he could slip, but you just look at him. He's a six eight guard. Um, he might not be the most athletic, but he's he's just he's just a playmaker. Like he he just changes teams. He's a what Euroleague MVP. He won the Euroleague. Uh, or was Final it? Four MVP. Final Four MVP. Oh, yeah, my he bad. Was, he was both. Oh, he was both. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's he's just so accomplished. Like he's coming into the NBA at what nine, 19 years old, and he's already got all those accolades. Like I don't know. I I just don't see like a better player in this draft. Yeah, the thing is about Lu- uh, Luca. Literally, we're gonna one stick of the... with that. We're we're gonna call him Luca. Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. Literally, one of the most accomplished Euroleague players ever. <laughs> like, I mean, for his age, uh, Euroleague champion twenty eighteen, Euroleague Final Four MVP twenty eighteen, Euroleague MVP uh, twenty eighteen, All Euroleague First Team twenty eighteen. He's he won the Liga ACB 2015-2016-2018. Liga ACB MVP 2018, like, it's literally just, like, a laundry list of accomplishments for him, and he, the thing is about him, what I heard is, at every stage of his career, he was playing to age, he was playing to older competition, so, like, when he was 7, he was playing with the 10-year-olds, when he was 10, he was playing with the 13-year-olds or whatever, and I think the one question that is with him is that his athleticism, but I think because of that, he figures it out, like, I think he's such a skilled player that he can get over not being, like, the most athletic. And the thing is about him not being the most athletic is he still has, like, an insane frame that people just forget about. He's 6'8", 228. Like, we can't, you can't really, he's a, he has a great frame already. He's like, a, he's, there's no denying he's a good athlete. Yeah, and he, and he creates, and he's, he scores and he creates. Like, people act like his athleticism prevents him from scoring, but it obviously doesn't. And um, his scoring obviously helps his playmaking. So I, I, I want him to, I, I'd like to see him go to a team with some others around him. I don't know if he would be as good as maybe DeAndre Ayton would be um, on a team that doesn't really have anyone around him. But if you put him on a team with literally a, one secondary option, I think he's going to be pretty good right off the bat. You know what the thing is also is that people freak out when uh, players come um – out for the draft and they either can't play defense or they can't they're not athletic enough. People forget that there's a lot of not athletic players in the league. <laughs> Zach Randolph hasn't jumped in three years and he's getting paid eight million dollars per year by the Kings. Um I don't really think it's a problem, especially with how skilled he is. Like you, you could be good in the NBA. What, what you're trying to say is you could be good in the NBA and you don't have to be a freakish athlete. And how many players are in the NBA who just are bad at defense? Yeah, exactly. Like, they're just terrible. And not only just players, like, superstars, really good players. Like, uh, obviously not a guard, but Carl Anthony Towns. We were just talking about him earlier. Like Terrible. Very good for the team. Ship him off to the D-League. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> well that, He's you, a you bum, have a different opinion because you're a Sixers fan. and uh, He's a bum. A, a Joel Embiid rider. But, I don't know, Carl Anthony Towns is clearly a good player, clearly helps his team out, and he's not um, he's not good at defense at, at all. It is a little more important from the center position as opposed yeah, to right. the yeah, guard position. definitely right. Like, James Harden was allowed to make an atrocity of the league defense for a couple years with Vines before he finally picked it up. But it's really, I feel like with such, the, with such an emphasis put on, like, today's game, like, just playing defense and having good fundamentals, and I think with every year that passes, like, 
there are more and more less dumb people being they're just they're people are sending them out of the NBA like they're I I, th- I think that he's gonna be fine like I think Luke is gonna figure it out especially if you put him on a, like you mentioned James Harden and he's what used to be considered like one of the bigger liabilities on defense but then they uh they signed players like like PJ Tucker they've all had Trevor Ariza Luka Mbamuta and like you put defenders around a bad defense a liability on defense and he ends up not being so much of a liability so if if Luka could find himself in a situation with some athletes around him some good team defenders then he wouldn't have to focus on that as much and again he's such like a, a a wild card because you do look at his frame and he's like you said earlier 6'8 228 and he's only 19 like you can't say that he's going to be bad if he's bad at defense right now and unathletic right now that he's going to be bad at defense and unathletic in three years like he's only 19 yeah like I, I don't know it just seems like people are are trying to look for things that are bad about him just I don't know there's this thing in NBA uh, NBA media NBA fans where they just want to find everything bad that's about players who are from Europe, I feel like, or from the Euro League. And then, I mean, I feel like from everywhere. Yeah, it, it's just like, it doesn't seem like it's that big of an issue at this point. And obviously, a defender is like, uh, someone who's good at defense, is, defense is one of the biggest things in the game, or not one of the biggest things, but literally the second biggest thing, if not the first biggest thing in the game. But not every player has to be an incredible defender. Speaking of someone who is bad... Marvin Bagley the <laughs> third. You know how I feel about Duke Big Ben after being traumatized by Jaloka for for if what feels like my entire life. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean I'm still giving you shit for that, but I was talking about that earlier. I, I wish that the I at the time I wished the Knicks drafted a uh, Jalil, and I think the Kings are kind of in the same situation right now where their fan base is is jumping all over Marvin Bagley, and it could be another Duke Big Man situation. Just like Jalil was, but also there's a lot of upside. He he did um he was super productive in college. Like look at him, he was he had 21 That's... points, 11 rebounds, um, only one assist per game. But like it's just his size is what confuses me because like he's always listed as a five or a four, and I never know like I never know where he's gonna end up, where he's gonna fit. Okay, so um got a couple takes to get off here. <laughs> so I was saying earlier, I think he's like. Tristan Thompson, with offense, more athletic, worse at defense. That's that's my exact because um, he kind of so remember like Tristan Thompson a couple years ago when he was just playing his ass off in the uh, finals against the Warriors, yeah. driving every single board. It's he's a good rebounder. He gets a lot of his points. It's I mean, I was gonna say off off hustle a little bit like because he, he's such a good offensive rebounder. He, like that's definitely one of his biggest things is, is rebounding and athleticism. But the thing is is. Where exactly does he play in today's NBA? I mean, I know it's kind of reactionary, but he, he's he can't be the five. Like he, he's he's just too small to be a five. So he's gonna have to be, be a four. But he can't shoot well, and he can't space the floor. And with players like that, you just find a way to get him off the court. Especially with like the teams like Golden State and Boston, they're always looking for ways to switch on the uh, like liabilities in any other way to um, get them off the floor. If Marvin Bagley can't consistently shoot, that's not going to be great. Yeah, and it's, it's not that he can't consistently... Eh, no, it is that he can't consistently shoot, but like, I, it just doesn't seem like it's like developing much. Like His shot hasn't changed. Um, it, hasn't, it hasn't gotten better. Like He had almost no improvement on his shot last year, 
Um, but I don't know. He he could be good. <laughs> I guess that's the bottom line with all these prospects. Then is that they could be good. Well, any prospect in in general. But... I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't love Marvin Bagley. There are a bunch of there are a bunch of bigs in this draft, and he is not one of the ones I would take. One of the ones I really like is Mohamed Bamba yeah. out of Texas. And a lot of people really like him too. It's not just you. He's he's a freak. He has a record for the combine, seven ten wingspan. He's close to seven foot seven foot one. He's seven foot uh ten and three fourths. He's two twenty six. The thing we we were talking about this earlier. A lot of his game is quote unquote theoretical, but at the same time, it's not a bad theoretical game no, to have. No, not at it's all. It's not a bad theoretical game to have at all. He um, and the thing is, he still had output at Texas. He had twelve point nine points per game, ten point five rebounds per game, which is more than Jaron Jackson, who is projected ahead of him right now. I like Mo Bamba a lot. Yeah, I like him too. He's he's a. Uh, I mean, I just saw that he turned down the Grizzlies. And where are the Grizzlies picking their? Um... Fourth. Fourth, yeah. So I don't know. I think I think he could draft. He could be like a surprise of the draft. He could go top three, honestly. Like, cause I think there's teams out there who uh, look at him and they look at Bagley and they think who's a, a better team player, who's uh, better at defense. Who, I mean, cause Mo Bamba is an incredible rim protector, um, and obviously he is cause he's the best got, one in the draft. Yeah, and he's got a seven ten wingspan, like. And then he can shoot the three, and not only can he shoot the three, but his his three point shot is getting better and better. Like I would, I would slow down on that. He shot twenty seven percent from three on fifty one attempts in college. He can okay, theoretically. No. So shoot he, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I take that back. His three point shot is getting better and better, but he cannot currently shoot the three. The thing is, but with it, him, it, it kind of makes me salivate to think that there's a seven ten center out there who could potentially theoretically shoot the three. What I really like to not see seven ten to see players back. do is make moves that are, like, smart. Mo Bamba's been working with Drew Hamlin side-by-side side with Joel Embiid. Like, when, when Embiid was out for, um, and he was trying to get better for the playoffs, Mo Bamba and him were working together. And if, like, <laughs> like that's exactly the type of people you want to be around, especially with Drew Hamlin, who's helped so many players, Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal, now Markel Fultz, to name a few. If Drew Hamlin can work with him, there's no saying that he can't get better. And he's also, he's kind of involved in the like NBA nerd landscape which is kind of I kind of like he went to the Sloan conference and he asked about like um defensive pick and roll and like switching adjustment questions to someone but it's like I think he understands at least I hope that I I think I hope something like that (laughs) that he understands like exactly what he can be and get to there because he's Right now, it is theoretical, but the guy is huge. He's yeah. he looks like a cheat code. Like <laughs> when you're watching him in games, like I think, I think if he can put all of his tools together, he's the best player in this draft. Yeah, he's one of those guys that you like when you're playing 2K franchise. You see him, and he just and like, like yeah. glitches through the hoop. It's yeah, like he's tall. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's he's literally a cheat code. Like like there's just no way to stop him, and uh and like. I don't know. It's just it's more of a potential. Like he could be a risk because like he is a th- like you said it's he's theoretically really really good. But then there's also players like this is the reason I don't know who's gonna draft draft Mo Bamba because there's um, players out there who play the same position who are already pretty productive and already pretty solid and safe and like like Jaron Jackson and 
that's what that's what scares me about Mo Bamba because you it comes down to you some team is gonna have the choice of picking Jaron Jackson or Mo Bamba and Jaron Jackson looks like the safer bet but I I, I don't know that's that's an interesting um, differentiation to make because Jaron Jackson who averaged 10.9 points per game 5.1 uh, rebounds per game and three blocks per game and you have Bamba with 12.9 points per game, 10.5 rebounds per game, and 3.6 blocks per game. But uh, Jaron Jackson is also, I think, Jaron Jackson isn't 19 yet, and Bamba's also 20. So it's it's kind of something to um, to take into account. I think Jaron Jackson almost as much is as much as a project as um, Mo Bamba because there are games where you're watching Jaron Jackson, and he looks like he should be the best player in this draft. And then there are other games where you're watching Jaron Jackson and you think, why is this guy even in the NBA draft? Because yeah. he definitely goes on both sides of the spectrum. There's a reason why he averaged 10.9 points and 5.8 rebounds. It's because he's not entirely consistent. I wouldn't say he's the... I don't know if he's the... I don't know what... With these two prospects, uh, like, head-to-head, I don't know who the safer one is. Because they're both... Both their games are theoretical. Because Jaron Jackson, he's supposed to be able to pass. He's supposed to be able to be a uh, rim protector. He's supposed to be able to... He's kind of like... It kind of sounds like people say the same things about Al Horford that they do about him. But I don't know. It's a, it's definitely a project. They're both projects. Yeah, there's a lot of projects in this draft. The thing is about whoever's picking them. Um, the Ringers mock draft who we're looking at right now has the Mavericks taking um, Jackson at 5 and Bamba at six to the Magic. And the good thing is about both those teams is they can both afford some projects because they aren't going to be good for a while. I've also seen several mock drafts, though, that put Mo Bamba higher than Jaron Jackson and maybe even higher than um, Marvin Bagley. Like, I've seen Mo Bamba at three and Marvin Bagley at four. I've seen... Like, I, I've seen them all, all over the place. And, like, there's just no way to... Like, this year is more so confusing than the last few years I feel like. I feel like there was more clear-cut picks in the last few years than there is now, but it's exciting. It's because there's so many bigs in the top of the draft, no one wants bigs. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I mean, the thing is... There's, Especially bigs who can't shoot, but there, luckily there, these guys can for the most part. There's four bigs, five, one, Bamba, Jackson, uh, Bagley, and Aiden. There are four, like bigs who are supposed to be good in this draft and hopefully that means there's going to be more good bigs in the, in the league. Yeah. Because you kind of... There, there has been a resurgence of the center position as of late with Embiid, Porzingis, um, who's the center for the Nuggets, Jokic, Cat, John Dre Jordan of my Clippers. <laughs> Dan Zaborski's Clippers. <laughs> there's a lot of teams in the NBA that are mine. The Clippers are a special one. Yeah, well, yeah, there are, there are more centers than people give the NBA credit for more formidable centers. So, hold on. What do we think about Jaron Jackson? Good or bad? That's, I... that's the bottom line. Is he going to be good or what? Okay. Because <sighs> that's who we're still talking about right now is Jaron Jackson. Okay. So, I want to say good, but then I think about my Knicks drafting him, and it, it, then he's I not, get kind of scared. I get kind of worried. He's not going to go to the Knicks. Don't worry about that. No, no. I'm just saying if, if, like, like I would... I. It's not going to happen. All right. Anyway, I would say... I. I would say good, obviously, because he's a top prospect, but not as good as I think Mo Bamba's going to be. I don't know, because there are just a different. There are a bunch of different ways that Bamba's career, they, like both of their careers, can play out. But um, 
I think if you, it's kind of this is you can kind of say this about any player, but if you surround Jaron Jackson with like good complementary players that can like feed off of his his ability to theoretically pass, his ability to block to block shots, they can feed him the ball. I think he could end up being call me crazy a good NBA player, but <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I'm not entirely sold. Like I I'm not sold on a lot of these bigs. I don't like Bagley. I'm not huge on Aiton. I really like Doncic at the head of, at the top of the draft, but I guess we'll see. There's I, so many bigs. Oh my god. There's four four of them. Yeah. Yeah, and then you throw like Wendell Carter into the mix. But yeah. He's, he's not as high up, but still, like, there's just so many, uh, so many bigs, so many centers. Anyways, Michael Porter Jr. According to him, the greatest player of all time. <laughs> he said earlier this week, um. He was basically talking about how uh, people compare him to Kevin Durant, Giannis, or he was saying how his game compares to Kevin Durant, Giannis. I think there's one more. Any, anyways, um, and then at the end of the quote, he says it's an honor to be um, compared to these guys after he just compared them to himself. <laughs> Meanwhile, this uh, Ringer mock draft that we're looking at has him compared to Otto Porter Jr., Harrison Barnes, and an athletic Keith Van Horn. <laughs> I mean, I like the vision. I, I like <laughs> the thing is about Michael Porter is it's actually fair for him to say that because people were saying that before this year, like before because he was the top high school prospect. He was he's six ten. He's six yeah. He's six ten six eleven. Um, it's fair that he said that, but he shot nine for twenty nine in college overall. He had ten points per game, six point seven rebounds per game. He didn't really play in college, so this is really. This is the most theoretical player of this draft. We're talking about theoretical players is Michael Porter Jr. He's the hoop mixtape guy. He's Andrew Wiggins. Like, you look at it, it, he was a freak in high school, and he's got all these hoop mixtapes and, like, yeah, I don't know, what is, what is it? Like, 6'10", Michael Porter Jr. has the most size with shooting. And it's just, like, all these hoop mixtapes. It's like, but what has he actually done so far? Because he was injured for almost every game last year in college and you don't really know how good he's actually going to be so it's kind of like andrew wiggins an andrew wiggins situation yeah um well andrew wiggins did play the his college season um the thing is about him is i don't know i'm just not crazy about it because the thing is there regardless of how good he was in high school there were legitimate holes in this game he's kind of is a selfish player he's not good on defense He's, I don't, I mean, he's athletic, but, like, I don't know really how athletic he is, how athletic he's going to be able to be on, like, NBA, like, small forwards who are switching onto him and trying to roast him, especially the fact that he's been so fragile and so injured. Like, he has a herniated disc in his L3, L4 that he had to get surgery on, and he's just had so many, like, there's some people who are just prone to injury, and it seems like he might be one of those guys. I'm, I'm not crazy about him, and especially... Just him coming out and still comparing himself to Kevin Durant and Giannis after not playing for a year. And the thing is, he hasn't even been working out for teams. He canceled. He had this big workout coming up, and then he canceled it because he had back spasms, and then he put it back on. I just, I wouldn't take a, I wouldn't take the swing on him if I were an NBA GM. I think there's too much on the line. The, the thing about him that that frustrates me the most is like I've watched him play. Uh, I've I've seen like a few games, and I've seen some highlights of him and stuff. And he takes some. Like, he just takes these confusing shots. Like, 
everyone talks about his athleticism, but he, he doesn't take it to the rim all the time. Like, he'll, it'll look like he's going to take it to the rim, and then he pulls up for a jumper. Like, he always settles, and, and I, I don't know how to feel about it. You know who he kind of reminds me of is uh, Thunder Carmelo Anthony, a.k.a. Trash Can Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> a.k.a. just Carmelo Anthony. That's kind of that's kind of harsh. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he could – I mean, just with all these players, they could be good. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm just really – I'm not crazy about him. I, I'm, me, I'm not really crazy about a lot of these players, it seems like, but – I'm not big on Michael Porter Jr., especially with everything that's been coming out and especially how all of his game is theoretical still. It's, it's just kind of a scary situation if you're an NBA GM. Uh, yeah. is looking at Michael Porter Jr., not really knowing what you're getting into. That being said, he, he could be good. Could but, be good. <laughs> but if I were a GM, I, I, especially a GM in the top six, I would say, I don't know if I'd be looking at him the way they are. But Let's move know. on. Let's... uh. Yeah. Next on this uh, draft board is Kevin Knox to the Bulls at seven, which is actually kind of preposterous. That's what I was gonna, I was I was just about to say the exact same thing. Okay, move, moving on to Kevin Knox. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the thing is about him is his game, just like everyone we've been talking about today, is still theoretical. He's a shooting wing who can who's got better towards the, the end of the year at scoring. The keys of the offense at Kentucky were originally handed off to him, and then he gave him right back when he couldn't handle it. And then as the year went on, he kind of figured it out. He kind of because the the keys of the offense were handed off to Gil, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, and he kind of he's he got better as like a secondary scorer. He kind of his comparisons here are Tobias Harris, Al Harrington, and Jeff Green. I really like Jeff Green just because he's so inconsistent. Yeah. Like that's my favorite comparison I've heard to have heard about him thus far. And, he, and he's raw, just like Jeff Green. The thing, the thing, the difference is Kevin Knox hasn't been drafted yet, and Jeff Green has been in the league for how many years, and he's still considered a raw prospect. Like that's pretty no, funny. Yeah, it, but Yo, don't you dare disrespect your, uh, Uncle Jeff. <laughs> you mean the Kevin Durant? Remember when he had 19 points in Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah. Because I sure do. I sure do. I just want to clear up uh, why it may have cut out for a second there. Dan began to tell a story about oh. his love for the NBA, and then um, no, stop! <laughs> it's dumb. <laughs> cut that, that, that too. I hate you. <laughs> All right, we'll edit that out too. Okay. Anyways, um, Kevin Knox. We keep getting off topic. Kev- I don't know. I mean, like, he wears the same number as uh, Malik Monk, as uh, that uh, that Malik Monk wore at Kentucky, which is just some not the first thing I thought about when I saw him. Another thing is people have been comparing comparing him a lot to Jason Tatum, and I think literally the only reason why is that he's a late skin forward who's around six eight six nine. Um, I I that's really where I see the comparisons end. I like Jason Tatum is like I think he's gonna be like one of the best like scoring forwards in the NBA for a while now. I just I don't know if I see that with Kevin Knox. You're a Sixers fan who who just complimented Jason Tatum. I, believe it or not, I think the Celtics are actually pretty good. Yeah, what? <laughs> kind of scare them for the next upcoming years, but I don't want to talk about that right now. We're still talking about Kevin Knox. He has, um, he's 6'9", he has six. He has 6'11 wingspan, he shot 34% from three in college, he had 15.6 points per game, 5.4 rebounds per game. He's, he's an NBA, he's, he has the body of an NBA athlete. He's not great on defense, he gets lost, sometimes it's just effort him not getting in his stance other things i don't i don't know i don't think he should be seven he's someone who's really shot up on the draft boards the past couple weeks and i think 
him at seven is almost a little bit of an overreaction. I think he should that. go after ten. I think he's going to be between like eight and thirteen. So that's my guess. Let me see. But let's. You think on. the Cavs would consider? I don't know. I don't know who the Cavs are. So let's let's talk about who the Cavs are going to get considered eight because we talked about the first seven prospects. Um, I don't know who the Cavs are going to take because I it's still a question of whether or not LeBron's going to be there. Yeah, you never know at this time of year. The thing the is, we're. We're kind of purposely not talking about the teams as much, or I'm, I'm at least kind of not trying to, because I feel like there's, I at least I think there's going to be a lot of trades, and I don't know if whoever the Cavs, if they even pick, I don't know if um that player is going to stay on the Cavs just because they're still, I think they st- still even tri- they still may be trying to make an effort to retain LeBron. Um, I don't, I kind of the thing is if Trey Young is still on the board, I think like anyone could take him. We haven't talked about Trey Young yet. Yeah, uh, so Trey Young is interesting because the during the year when he was like going off, which he was for the whole year pretty much, he was like the talk of the town. It was ESPN's next Steph Curry, um, that or Tom Brady. Literally every time you turn on Sports Center, they're talking about him. And then all of a sudden, people stopped. And then now all of a sudden again, people are talking about him. And like, there's rumors of him going to the Knicks. There's rumors of him going high as high as the Hawks, but my I I just don't see him slipping past the Magic in any situation. Like, th- there's just no way. Yeah, the Magic need um. There was that graphic going out of like their point guard who had like three point four assists per game and led the team. They DJ need, Augustine is yeah, their DJ, starting point guard. Yeah, DJ, they need <laughs> the Magic are on like year six or I think it's year six of their rebuild right now, and I mean. Please give them anyone. Like, at this point, it's just kind of someone who's entertaining. I do see... I like him a lot to the Magic, because I think that makes a lot of sense. But the thing is, about Trey Young as a uh, prospect, is the ringer actually says something really that I really like. They say, a polarizing point guard prospect who, depending on the pr- perspective, can look like either Steph Curry or Seth Curry. <laughs> um, he, had, he scored 27.4 points per game. He had 8.7... Uh, he... 8.7 assists per game, leading the nation, um, leading Division One in both. But at the same time, it's hard to see his game translating to the NBA if he's going to be go to a team like the Magic, where they're going to rely on him so heavily, at least for the first couple of years. At least for the at least for the first couple of years, because I think in the first couple of years of Trey Young's. Um, career he's gonna have a lot of like 0 for 11 nights especially if he's given the keys to a team like that but the thing is if you're the magic i think that's something you want because who else is throwing who else is doing that for yeah exactly i mean i contrary to popular belief i kind of like trey young as a prospect because he's been going all up and down he was literally touted the next steph curry during the college season and then people have people have had him outside of the top 10 He's gonna be good. He led the league in uh, he led the uh, division one in points and assists for a reason, and I, I I don't know. I just can't see him being bad. I mean, he's gonna be a defensive liability for sure. He's gonna be he's gonna get he's they're gonna teams are gonna uh, single him out. But at the same time, if he's playing for a bad team, does it really matter? If yeah. he's if he's getting switched on the Steph Curry in January, like who cares? Like, yeah, he's just gonna get burnt. <laughs> I mean, the way I look at it, I think you might have said this earlier. Hold on. Never mind. I thought I had to sneeze. What I think you said this earlier is that uh, 
like if, if if you're a team and you expect and you draft Trey Young and you fully expect him to be your next Steph Curry, next franchise player, especially immediately off the bat, you're probably gonna be disappointed. But if you look at him as someone who can come off the bench and eat and you you have low expectations for him, but he, he'll be good. He's gonna be a formidable player in the NBA. I really do think that. And like we said earlier, uh, just because he's bad at defense now doesn't mean he's going to be bad at defense for his entire career. And then you compare him to the other guard prospects, and I, I just really don't see any other guard who would be worth taking if your team who needs a guard would be worth taking if Trey Young is still on the board. Yeah, especially in the top ten. Um, like, there's other good guards, but, like, none that that I would, I would take over, over Trey you, Young. You, you did just say... Not counting Luka. Not counting if, Luka. I'm, if I'm the Magic, and if I, I'm, I'm taking a player in the top 10, I want to be a starter. I want to be like a good player for my team. I don't want him to be able to, to come off the bench and that be his role. Well, he would start for the Magic. He, he would start for the Magic, <laughs> but I, 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 I like him. I think he figures it out. I mean, I, the, the question is, like, how much does he figure it out? Because the thing is, I said this to you earlier, if you expect him to come out and be Steph Curry, that means he's going to be a three-time NBA champion and a two-time MVP, one-time unanimous. And that's just, that doesn't happen. Like, players like Steph Curry don't come around every, just ever. Steph Curry is one of the first players we've ever seen like that. But if you think about Trey Young as his own individual player, if you just don't have as many expectations going in, I think you could be pleasantly supplied pleasantly surprised because i think he's a good player like i think i just think he's gonna be a good nba player like three-point shooting and creation off the dribble is so important in today's nba and if he gets that's the problem if he goes to the magic i don't know if he's gonna have a great coach there i don't know if they're gonna have a good system who, in place. who is their coach right now um it's not frank vogel anymore it's not frank vogel so that means i don't know who it is yeah we should know that um but anyways, yeah, I'm just I, – I, I believe in Trey Young. I think he's going to be good because I've heard so many people say that he's he's not even going to be a top 10 pick. He has legitimate skill. Like, he, he's – there's a reason why he lit up uh, the, the – um, Steve Clifford is their coach. Steve Clifford is? Yeah, the former Hornets coach. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I just poured out my heart for Trey Young more than any of these guys, but I, <laughs> I, I believe in him. I think there's a lot of Trey Young hate and there's a lot of Trey Young love out there. He's not but, a great. He's not a great inside finisher, which is also isn't good. But we'll see. Uh, things can develop as well. At the like, very ver- worst, small JJ Redick, <laughs> which isn't bad. No, not at all. But anyway, you want to move on to uh, Mikael Bridges? Mikael Bridges, you mean my favorite player in the draft? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he. I, I don't know. I, I don't think you can really go wrong with him. I don't think at any point he's going to be a major bust. Like, I think he's going to be a good enough player to actually make a difference on whichever team he goes to. But there's also, I don't know if he's going to be incredible at any point. Okay, so yeah, that's the, that's the thing about uh, Mikhail Michael Bridges. I still don't know how to say it. Yeah. Um, he's he he's 22 years old, or he's, a, he's actually about to be 22 years old. Um, he redshirted his first year at Villanova, so he's an actual junior. Um... Which you don't see much of um, in the top 10 of drafts nowadays. But at the same time, I really like him. He was one of the best defensive players on the team that won two championships while he was in, while he was in college. He was DN up... Um, I read an article. He was DN up Josh Hart like every single day in practice. Who's really? already on the Lakers in yeah. the NBA making at least some impact. Um, 
So I I really like my uh, Macau Bridges, especially because you can really just plug and play them into like a good team. That's why I want them so bad for the Sixers because that's exactly what we need is a good wingish guard defender. He's a little bit on the smaller side, but he's a good defender and he's wiry. I I really like him. This this mock draft has him going to the Sixers, but I honestly think he's gonna go earlier than ten. I think I think he might too. Like I don't, I think te- there's a lot of teams out there who like him better than they like Michael Porter. Like there's a lot of teams out there who would rather have a safe bet like Michael Bridges than take a big risk on a Michael Porter. I see him going between like seven and ten. Between, between, yeah, but yeah, I could see that. Yeah, definitely. Um, because if you look at the teams, he he could really go to any of these teams and actually make a difference. Like, every team needs a 3 and D wing at some point. Yeah. Every he, team needs, like, an unselfish player. And coaches just love guys like this. He's a 43-point uh, uh, shooter from college over 239 attempts. So that's a pretty big sample size. And he's was consistently guarding the other team's best perimeter players. I really like him. 17.7 points per game. I really like this kid. I think a lot of people write him off as just like a defender or just a 3 and D, but his numbers show that he he can be productive otherwise as well. Like he he impacts the team on every front because he's obviously a great defender and then he's got set he averaged 17.7 points a game, 5 rebounds and 1 assist. But like 17 points is like that's the first time I'm seeing his stats and that's more than I had expected. The thing is about those Villanova teams that they were all good and you're they right. all like you're right. they kind of right. all contributed in a way. Yeah, you're right. But that's why I think he can, especially on a team like the Sixers. Like we had random guys like Marco Bellinelli, mm-hmm. Ursan Eliasova, literally scorching the earth for us. Like I, yeah. I think put this guy next to Ben Simmons. I think he gets some great looks. I I would love him but, on the Sixers. I've been saying that the entire time. I would love him on the Sixers. But there's also teams above the Sixers who need him just as much. That's as true. The Sixers do. Like the Knicks need a wing horribly. The Bulls also need a, a a wing or just anyone who can defend in general. Like literally every team. He has a seven two wingspan. Yeah. He's six seven seven two wingspan. That's actually really that's nuts. Just any team. The bottom line is any team can use a three and D wing. Yeah, he's like one of the. I feel like he's one of the players coming out. He is older, but he's already ready made. And I think he. I think even with that, he can still get better. Like I think there's still room for improvement in yeah. his game. I think he, I think he eventually learns to be able to put the ball on the floor because he's progressed so much from his freshman year. He redshirted for a reason. He redshirted because he they used to call him Noodles because he just used to be this gangly guy who couldn't do anything on the court. Like he's already learned so much. I think I really nervous to know a lot about Wendell Carter Jr. Um, basically, <laughs> theoretically, Al Horford. Um, I I don't know. Not Al Horford in the same way that Al Horford is Al Horford. Al Horford in the way that the way you hear like analysts say like, "Oh, he does. He's just a glue guy. He does all the right things." That's what Wendell Carter is theoretically supposed to do. And I think this would be a great pick for your Knicks. Yeah, so do I. Because um, he, he his big thing is is versatility. Um, and I'm just saying that because I just read it and because I, I know I know nothing about Wendell Carter, but. I have the the one thing that I have heard a lot about Wendell Carter is um what you just said is is it the his second choice was Horford. his second choice was was uh, Harvard He's supposed to be smart okay well his name's Wendell the next Ryan Fitzpatrick but <laughs> <laughs> I like it you know he went to Harvard he can forty one percent from three too look at this I, I wish who, who is this guy <laughs> why I, don't I know about this I, guy I wish either, like I 
I feel like I've watched at least enough YouTube on most of these guys, but I haven't really seen anything on my Doug Carter. It's even weirder because I know like at like ten guys after him who nobody knows, and then Wendell Carter is just like mystery man to me. Well, um, I think you should go to the next. <laughs> um, I think that'll be a good pick. That's what I said to you earlier. Forty percent for three isn't bad at all. Yeah, um, let's just say I think this will be a good pick and act like we know why. He's 19. <laughs> oh. <Ooh>. Good to know. 7-4 <laughs> wingspan. I, I like it. And I think the thing is about Wendell Carter is he was playing next to um, Bagley at Duke, and that probably ate up a, bun- a bunch of his rebounds. I think he's possibly could be even a better rebounder than he is at 9.1 rebounds per game. I like Wendell Carter. I like him a lot for the Knicks to actually bring some consistency because the yeah. thing is about this guy is I think he's – a consistent prospect. Like I feel like you know you're gonna get with him. I feel like I just want a safe pick for the Knicks. I think this is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I I know you're not the one making the decision, but I say you take him over Michael Bridges, Mikael Bridges. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll call up Steve Mills right now. I'll let him know. All right. Another player your Knicks may take is Colin Sexton. Basically, um, De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. <laughs> from what yeah. I just from the YouTube I just watched, and that's um, not just because of how he looks okay so his hair he's um a 6'2-ish point guard who plays in the sec and he's fast that's about it but um i i like him a lot especially for your knicks he's he remind he does remind me a lot of jaron fox like he's a really athletic guy i'm not sure he doesn't necessarily i'm not sure if he necessarily knows how to use all of his tools right now but i think he's a guy who can get a lot better He's and quick as hell. He's quick too. He def- and he has those like circus finishes too that De'Aaron Fox had in college, and and even in the NBA. And I don't know. I I feel like he's. I know a good amount about him, but I I, I don't know how good he is on defense. I I feel like he, he he's not a liability, and he can definitely improve because of how athletic he is. But he doesn't seem like he's the best defender right now. But that doesn't matter to me because, again, no, the thing players is, change. The thing is about this guy is I think he's tough and I think he's athletic, and that's kind of cliche, but I think if you combine those two things, you get a good defender, especially Great. in the NBA. And he seems like a competitive guy. Do you, I don't know if you remember earlier this year, um, Alabama almost beats another team with three players. Yeah. And he was one of the guys leading that yeah. charge. Um I think he's a gamer. Like I think he could definitely be um, a pre- a really good NBA player. I, uh, really good. I, I don't know. <laughs> the thing is with all these players, they could they could technically all be really good NBA players. But um, I like Colin Sexton. I like the mold that he put um, forth in college. I like the body of work he put in college, and I think he'd be a good pick for your Knicks, even though you already have a trillion guards. Yeah. Uh. Well, I would much rather have Colin Sexton than than Emmanuel Mudiay. Tank so. Commander Emmanuel Moutier. <laughs> yeah. But, no, he I do like him, and he tore shit up in the SEC tournament. Wasn't as great in the actual tournament, but he he, he sure they can play. He, he can play, for sure. And he was the one who had that um, incredible fast break game game ender, uh, and it's just it just showed his speed. Uh, I think that was – who was that against? I don't know. It was in the SEC tournament. De'Aaron Fox-like. Yeah, exactly. Like – He's super explosive, crazy good with the acrobatic finishes, and he just, yeah, he's a gamer. So mo- moving on to later in the lottery, um, the ringer has Miles Bridges pr- projected 12 to the Clippers. Um, 
So the thing is about Miles Bridges is he might be fat. <laughs> um, there he looks is, like a senior. He looks like a four-year. He's a sophomore, but yeah. um, he was. There was like rumors that came out that he was technically fat during the year, and now he's not fat. He basically didn't. He was supposed to be like a top ten guy before, like his after his freshman year, and then he stayed in college and didn't get any better. So uh, one of the reasons that might be is because he got fat. Um, <laughs> Not a bad player. I mean, it's just kind of meh, especially with these guys who stay in um, for longer. You kind of, like, you figure out their weaknesses. He's not a great defender. He's a scorer, but, I mean, like, I, I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm just, it's, it's Miles Bridges. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not super excited with Miles Bridges. Well, there's a lot of NBA players, or at least I know for a fact LeBron and Draymond are pretty high on him, but... They're not GM, so... It, well, no, hold on. What else? Defend what? defend Miles Bridges. Make the case for Miles Bridges. I'm trying to because I, I do really like Michigan State, but it's not the easiest because, like you said, he is kind of kind of overweight, or he was. Well, hold on. Defend yeah. his freshman campaign, then. Tell me why Miles Bridges is good. There's he, no reason why we need to be agreeing on this the, all, the whole time. Well... I don't know. He was product. He was definitely productive. He uh, his freshman year. Yeah, and he, I don't know. Well, you can't really say he he did well in the tournament, but I don't think that had anything to do with him. I think that was more of a Tom Izzo situation. I think he could have actually ended up being. I th- I think I think he's a winner, and I don't know. But like, there's NBA players that are pretty high on him. Like like I said, LeBron. He's 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 explosive. Um, he's got the size. That, uh, uh. He's, no, he does not have a size. He's six. He's like six, six, six seven ish. He's a, he's has a six nine um, wingspan, which isn't great. I don't know. You I, know his three point shot was never impressive. That's why I'm saying like. You know who he's built exactly like actually is PJ Tucker. But the thing <laughs> is between him and PJ Tucker is I don't know if they have the same drive, the same like want to. It's kind of cliche, but PJ Tucker is way flat. I mean, I, I don't know if if you get Miles Bridges to um to. Play, if you if you get him to a good team, especially like my Los Angeles Clippers, <laughs> um, I I think he could figure it out, especially under Doc Rivers. I think he's a what, what is Doc Rivers gonna do with Miles Bridges you know. and Tobias Harris? <laughs> they're gonna do the same thing. Yeah, exactly. They're gonna be two light skin forwards. Yeah. They're gonna stand there. They're gonna do the same exact thing. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's Miles Bridges. Uh, that's that's just it. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Yeah. So, moving on, um, as we get later in the draft, there are a couple guys who I still want to talk about who could definitely make an impact on some NBA rosters, and Lonnie Walker is 13. Um, I don't really know what I think of when I see Lonnie Walker, when I see him play, because he seems like really out of control all the time. It doesn't seem like he has a super tight dribble. He, um, I've actually watched a lot of Lonnie Walker tape, believe it or not. <laughs> Um, I don't really think he could like. I don't really like his shot that much. He, <sighs> you don't you don't like his shot? I don't, it's it's kind of weird. I, it, I like Lonnie Walker. Like as a whole, I think Lonnie Walker is a little underrated. If anything, Lonnie Walker kind of he 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 seems like very out of control when I see him play. That that's like that's yeah, like what like, I got got away. That, from that's something him. that doesn't really bother me when you're looking at someone who's only 19. Like those are things that I I've always felt like. Isn't like something that you you would have to 
um, knock him for too much. Like, I don't know. I like Lonnie Walker more than I like, say, like, Shay Shay Gilgis. Alexander. Shay Gilgis yeah. Alexander. Yeah, I, I like Lonnie Walker better than him. I like how he's kind of a wild card. I like how explosive he is. And I do like his shot. Like, he, he just seems smooth when he shoots. He's, he's explosive, and he pulls up pretty pretty well. I don't know. I like him. Maybe not the best defender, but... Well, he's, I, I think he's underrated. That's the thing is he should be a good defender with his frame. That's kind of what you hope out of that's him. That's true. He's 6'5", six, yeah. six um, which is kind of a little bit. Not He's like 6'4 and a half, which is not great for a shooting guard. I mean, it's not. I guess it's not the worst thing. Um, he's a 6'10 wingspan. You kind of he, he has he's kind of like he's he's built. You would kind of hope that he could, would be a good defender because I don't I don't know if I want to draft this guy to have him be like. A spectacular! Like I, I want to be an all-around guy, and that's I just I don't see it a ton. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the thing is, like, he, he. I don't think Miami used him right for most of the season, because Miami should have been better than they were. And as soon as they started using Lonnie Walker in like pick and roll situations and having him drive more, he was way better. Mm-hmm. But he started off the season, and they had him like, uh, he had they had him like pulling up way more than I thought he should have been. They had him. Uh, they didn't have him really driving, and like they didn't really have him using his explosiveness, like 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 they did towards the end of the season, and that's when his numbers started going up. Because I think halfway through the season, he was averaging like seven or eight points. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we've had a lot of discussion on Lonnie Walker. Yeah, but uh, I I don't know. We'll see. I'm not. I I don't feel great about him. I don't feel not great about him. I I I just don't know with Lonnie Walker. I like a. Well, like who I'd like to talk about next? I like Robert Williams a lot. Yeah, um, he's super athletic. Like he, he's just fun to watch. I don't know how good he's gonna end up being, but my comparison is um, six nine, maybe a little bit of Clint Capello, a smaller big. Yeah, athletic. yeah, but he's he's more of like a. Did you have something else in mind? Small DeAndre no, Jordan? No, no, I, I had someone else in mind, but it's not even a good comparison at all. I was gonna say Jared Allen, but he's not. I like that comparison. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm here for the unique comparisons. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say Jared Allen, but then, I, then, I, then I saw the six nine. I was like, uh, six no. nine with a seven five wingspan. Yeah, but I, I do really like him, and, and mostly just because he's really exciting to watch. But he, he did really well in college. He, he was pretty productive. He is like Clint Capella. They had a lot of lobs at Texas A&M, and that's not me saying that based off something that I know for a fact or anything at all. But based off, I watched three Texas A&M games and I hey. saw a lot of lobs. But um, I don't know. It, it's a lot like Clint Capella, but shorter, I guess. Um, he did pretty well um, as the role man. And yeah, I don't know. I like him. He's fun to watch. That's that's my main. Let's talk about um, some other guys going late in the draft. Um, we're we're kind of moving a little bit just randomly now. But how about Delaware's very own Dante DiVincenzo, <laughs> aka the Michael Jordan of Delaware, and not—that's not something I'm saying. That's something that was on the national broadcast during the national championship. <laughs> um, let's talk about his um, relatability as an actual NBA player. What do you think about him? Uh, I don't know. I 
I don't think his offensive game is going to translate as well as some people are saying it's going to. What This comparison that they have here that I like the most is Nick, Sauce Castillo. Nick Stauskas. I, I do really think he could end up looking like Nick Stauskas. I like Jody Meeks. <laughs> I like that a lot, actually. But, but like, I, I just don't think his offense is going to translate. I think he kind of, that championship game where he, he snapped really boosted him. Like, he wasn't even going to declare for the draft before this year. And then he had that game, and immediately after, he's projected first round. I just, I just don't. I don't see it like as much as other people do. And there's other players in the draft that can play his role that are are rated way below he is. Like I would say uh, like Jalen Brunson I think could play the same role as Dante DiVincenzo Whoa. as a defender. Maybe yep. not as good offensively, but I do think that they could well, end up in, those, those are two different players. Am I thinking of the wrong player? Jalen Brunson is the point guard who went to Villanova. What is that? Who you're talking about, Jalen? No, no, not Jalen. Br- Javon. I'm thinking of Javon. Carter Javon Carter from West Virginia. Yeah, I always get those two confused. Not Jalen Brunson, but um, yeah, no. I think they're they're both. I think the biggest thing that you could use to defend, um, I mean, not to defend, to describe Dante Divincenzo is pesky. Or, I don't or, know. Or okay, like, so just like I think he could just cause problems. Here, here's my Dante takes. I kind of. I kind of like him a little bit as a. Well, I obviously love him. I'm from Delaware. No, I mean as like no, I mean as in like a not like I not like that. Like I kind of like him as like an NBA prospect at least a little bit, especially as a like he's six he's six four six five. He's a he, they have him as a point guard. I thought he was a shooting guard, but um, I don't know. I mean like especially for a late round type of guy, like a, a late a late uh, first round type of guy, I think he could. I don't know. I think he could do something, especially the way he went off in the championship game. I mean, that's really like such recency exactly. bias. That's exactly. like such recency bias. But the thing is, like, that's the, that's the thing with him is he he's kind of inconsistent. I feel like Nova fans are going to come and like just destroy us for this. Yeah. But um, I mean, I'm partial to Dante DiVincenzo, but the main reason is because I've seen him play in person. I've met the guy. Like, like he, I'm from Delaware. He's the big ragu. Like, how could you not like him if you're from Delaware? But, like, I just don't see it working in the NBA. I do see a lot of Nick Stauskas in him. Like, not, maybe not on the court, but just how they ended up. Just, I I don't know. I think I like him. We'll see. He's athletic. I want him to be good. I I, I definitely want him to be good. Yeah, he's he's definitely athletic. And he's super. He, didn't he have the highest vertical for any guard in a, at the, the combine? combine? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like him at least a little bit. I, I think he could be decent, especially with that athleticism. I think I think if he um like figures out a way to have his athleticism translate to defense, mm-hmm. that's one of his if he could be a competent NBA defender, that's one of the biggest things to keep him in the league. Like, I think that, that would be huge for him. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, but th- what bothers me about everyone saying he's three and D is his defense isn't as good as a nor like like his defense isn't like his main main characteristic and I think like as a white guard that looks like him like that's that's got to be your thing like you got to be better at defense and like he is good at defense but he's not like the best at defense Ooh. and that's what bothers me. Not a lot of people are the best at defense. Yeah, but he's not even the best on on, on Vill- he wasn't even the best on Villanova. Yeah, yeah. And well, that's because they had my boy Michael McCall Bridges. Yeah, I stumble over that name every time. Uh, it disappoints me that you can pronounce all these European names and you can't seem to get that one down. Whatever. Um, who else Just, do we want to talk about? I think there's only a few more. 
Um, Jalen Brunson is a guy who um, I think he translates to be like a TJ McConnell type, and you know how much I love TJ. He's uh, 34 overall in the Ringer uh, mock draft right now, so he's kind of an early second-round guy. Um, he was a guy on that Villanova championship team who was just so consistent the entire time. And people people have been saying, the, like, people, like, um, analysts for, who are covering the national championship, championship would say he's um, a guy who's not going to get drafted in the lottery, but he's going to be, he's going to play in the NBA for, like, 10 years. He's just yeah. the type of guy who can do that. He, and he can just be so consistent. He's such a stabilizing force, you know what I mean? Derek Fisher is a really good comparison. I, yeah. I think that's a really good comparison. Mark, I like Mark Jackson too. Yeah, like both I, guys who, like you said, played for forever in the NBA. Nineteen points per game too. Four point six assists per game. I think he. I think he could be just super solid. Forty percent from three in college. I don't think he's gonna be surprising anyone. I do think he's gonna end up being a really good role player. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, but I. I but I, I love a really good role player. Like <laughs> that's what I love. He's a really good role player. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. We were talking about earlier how I went to an NBA game and stared at Jeremy Lamb for like <laughs> five minutes. Exactly. I love a good NBA role player. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure that's about all the prospects I could talk about without completely. Yeah. Um. I think. I think. I think about. we're good. We definitely went over a lot. Um. This is the first one we have going for the summer. We're trying to get stuff out, like, I don't know, whenever we can. I was just telling Brian earlier, I was, I, I, he asked me the next time I could record, and I said, how about tomorrow, yeah. or the day after that, or Saturday, or Sunday, or Monday, or Tuesday. Yeah, but, and we, we like the off-season, or at least I like the off-season more than I, I like the actual You can season. say we. I, well, <laughs> NBA off-season is the best part of the NBA season. Because I spent the entire NBA playoffs with my blood boiling, especially the finals, taking years off my life. And then the off season comes, and I'm like giddy with joy. Fun fact: I watched uh, three and a half of the finals. Yeah. No, I didn't watch three and a half of the finals games. Yeah, exactly. But you know for a fact you were watching the draft lottery. I was, <laughs> I was, but more importantly, I, I was in Egypt at the time, so I didn't have Wi-Fi. But when yeah. I was when I was there, I was checking for every single yeah. Brian Collegial update I could find. <laughs> exactly. I, every time I checked my phone, it would be to see if Brian Colletro was fired yet. Exactly. Yeah. So that's pretty much it. We're going to try and get some free agency podcasts up. And then, yeah. Uh, Don't reach. Don't reach.